On today's episode of the Excel Podcast, we welcome the return of Excel University Director Chris, also known as Drake, to help explain the ins and outs of multi-chains, the importance of arbitrage trading, and why having a functional bridge is a must in the multi-chain space. As always, my name is Scott. And I am Eric. And I'm Alex. You're listening to the Excel Podcast, defining a decentralized future one listen at a time. Excel podcast. Today we welcome back Chris, aka Drake, director of Excel University. So Chris, we brought you on the show today to explain the purpose of multi-chain projects. At a first glance, they may seem overwhelming to some. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Hey Alex, well thanks for having me back on the show. I'm excited to be here and yeah absolutely we can talk a little bit about multi-chain projects. Um, so basically a multi-chain project is any project that launches across multiple blockchains and there's a couple of reasons why someone would do that, but the main idea is to um, allow the largest community and the largest, uh, you know, user base to have easy access to the project. And you know, depending on where you're located or where you might live, uh, different cryptos and different blockchains might be more easily accessible to you. So. You know, being able to access those communities across whatever blockchain is easiest for them uh, really opens up doors for your own project. Yeah, I think that's one of the misconceptions we kind of see a lot in the DeFi space, Chris, is people don't really understand why people want to do that. But I think one of the main misconceptions is people don't really understand that a lot of people like to stay on one or two chains. They don't really venture out and you know, day trade on multiple chains. Is that something that you really see as you're looking into, you know, the analytics of the different chains? Is there not a lot of turnover between, you know, BSC traders and Ethereum traders versus even throwing in Matic? Yeah, absolutely, Scott. And I think that's one of the things that we see pretty often is that you tend to stick with the chain that you kind of started with. I think for myself personally, uh, for example, I started with the Ethereum chain and even now, as someone who lives in New York, BNB and BSC aren't easily accessible here. So I know a lot of my peers and you know other people who might not have the same accessibility to other blockchains uh, tend to stick to the one that they're familiar with. So uh, definitely, uh, while there are some traders and some people who are very well versed across the blockchains and you know tend to interact with them all we do find that a majority of traders, a majority of the community tend to stick to the chain that they're most familiar with. Okay, Chris, with that being said, I guess my one little follow-up question to that would be, do you kind of see this as a positive then with the you know different chains allowing people to venture out a little bit when you have these multi-chain projects? It allows them to find that comfort zone in a project they're already in to you know venture out into a different chain? Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of loops back to that idea of, you know, providing the most easily accessible uh, way for people to not only be able to participate in a project, but also to, uh, you know, do so with a chain that they're familiar with and, and comfortable with. 
So, Chris, w- with that all being said, is it possible you could give us a little insight uh, to, to us and the listeners uh, to the pros and cons between multi-chain projects and which types of projects do you believe are more successful or predicated to each blockchain, if that even exists? Well, well, the one thing uh, I will say is that, um, you know, for the most part, when it, when it comes to multi-chain projects, uh, the advantages those pros outweigh any cons that might come up and and again you know that comes to access and community and also being able to disperse your liquidity across these chains you know generally speaking those pros outweigh any cons that you might see um a couple of cons that you know tend to exist and you know i'm sure this is something that we could touch upon a little bit later in today's podcast is um you know, when there might be price discrepancies across different blockchains, right? And so that tends to lead to arbitrage, for example. But uh, generally speaking, you know, any cons that might exist uh, because you're listed on multiple blockchains are just very small in, in the grand scheme of the, in the in the bigger pictures. And then uh, in terms of the types of projects that uh, tend to be most successful when they are multi-chain projects, um, this kind of loops back to the bigger idea of, of what we're seeing in micro crypto. And right now, we're, we tend to see this gravitation or this shift towards utility projects, right? There's a, a bit of a movement away from meme coins and, and things of that nature. And people and the community at large are now shifting towards projects and businesses with actual sources of value, actual sources of utility and you know that's where we're seeing a lot of investing activity a lot of uh, volume a lot of traders are kind of interested in those types of projects right now and when you pair a utility project with the opportunity for it to be multi-chain for example excel itself um, you tend to get the best of both worlds and uh, really you know you're opening those doors and also you're you know able to provide your utility sources across your multiple chains right so now it's not just utility for ethereum holders only it's not just ethereum for uh anybody who trades on bnb side only right uh this utility can be implemented across the chains right so you're bringing your value to a larger audience. And those are the types of projects right now that we see are really popular at the moment. So it seems, Chris, from your explanation, uh, it's there really aren't that many cons uh, when you can level out across different blockchains and give the opportunity to basically a lot of different buyers predicated upon what their their purchase power is whether it be ethereum whether it be you know matic polygon whether it be the bnb it seems to only have a plus or or upside potential which brings in like you said the arbitrage and the other aspects of trading along all other blockchains and especially when you you brought in excel as the example uh dealing with the fact that, that we have multiple utilities that are that are coming to market that it can only be advantageous for excel to trade across uh multi chains absolutely and and the one thing i would say on that or the one comment i would have would be i really think the only time you would see um the the uh multi chain you know kind of disbursement uh really lead to some negative side effects 
were to be if some type of project were tried to do that without uh, actually taking into consideration the manner in which they did it, right? So for example, if you look at Excel's rollout across the multi-chain, something that is being very carefully considered and calculated, uh, that type of rollout where you're bringing that project to multiple chains is is being done the right way. So I would say that the only time you would really see those cons is if someone tried to, you know, make their project a multi-chain project without actually putting in the footwork or doing the research to make it successful. So Chris, now that we kind of have the basic understanding of how these multi-chain projects kind of work, can you give us a little bit of a brief dive into, you know, the TA side of it as you see the big benefits in these multi-chain projects? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, really, again, uh, when we talk about, you know, how multi-chain affects a project, right, and in what those benefits might be, um, again, what we're kind of seeing is the opportunity for growth being presented and also the opportunity to not only disperse your project across these chains, create multiple liquidity pools, um, but you're also seeing uh, the chance to bring in arbitrage trading to your project as well, right? So there's a, there's a couple of different aspects at play, but the basic idea behind all of them is that um, you're spreading your project out. And naturally, in doing so, you're uh, creating a larger foundation for it. So So by spreading it out across blockchains, right? You're creating multiple liquidity pools, for example. And if you remember from our previous conversations on that, uh, we talked about how having multiple liquidity pools actually helps the stability of the project. So that's a, you know, another advantage that comes to that. It's another benefit uh, to this like functionality. And then when it comes to arbitrage, which I think uh, we'll definitely touch a little bit upon now. Um, that's where you kind of also see the opportunity to grow the project. Uh, at a much more rapid pace than you would without this functionality. So, Chris, so, so our, our, our listeners could understand a little clearer. With the arbitrage trading and then being able to be in more than one blockchain, which currently we're in two, and I believe we're going to be moving towards a third and possibly a fourth, could you give a little more of an explanation to give an understanding for maybe the newer traders out there who really don't get a total grasp of arbitrage, what it actually does to the coin price across these multi-chains? Absolutely. Uh, So arbitrage, again, is trading when there is a price discrepancy in the coin, right? And so that could be a price discrepancy across a specific exchange, right? For example, so something that we talked about was maybe the price difference between um, Excel on a decentralized exchange versus a centralized exchange, something like that. And being able to take advantage of that price difference where you could buy at maybe the lower price and sell at the higher price, for example. Um, when it comes to arbitrage trading across uh, chains, right? Uh, really, what we're seeing is the opportunity to welcome HFTs to Excel, and and so HFTs, high frequency traders, um, generally speaking, are um, either traders with a large amount of capital, or traders who take their capital and put it into a bot, and so now a bot or an algorithm has access to a really large capital, and what they can do with this is the bots can go ahead 
and you know you're, they can place these high frequency trades these really large quantity trades and take advantage of those price differences uh, price differences across the multiple chains right so one of the things that we might see for example um and obviously at the time of recording this podcast uh, excel has not officially launched on the bnb side yet we did just close the pre-sale but the actual launch itself has not started yet but once that does, uh, what we could see is if there's a price difference in the Excel coin value from ETH to the BNB side, um, being able for uh, being able to welcome that volume to our project, welcome those high frequency traders to the project, and allow them to take advantage of that price discrepancy of that price spread. Now that might not sound like something that's you know, advantageous to the individual holder, right? Well, well, how does someone else, you know, profiting from these price differences affect me? But the thing that, you know, the holders have to remember and our community as a whole is that the more volume Excel has, um, the more opportunities that our project has as well, right? And so, you know, for example, one of the things we talked about was how central exchanges, certain central exchanges will only list projects that have, generally speaking, a million in volume daily, right? Now, obviously, that million in volume might not be made up from holder transactions exclusively. And so when we welcome high-frequency traders into our project, when we welcome that arbitrage, we give that opportunity, um, they can add to the volume of the project and you know increase the overall opportunities that are being presented to us one of the other things that happens with arbitrage trading is that as this price spread is taken advantage of right as uh the dif differences in price are being you know utilized what actually will happen is that the prices will tend to gravitate or come closer, that spread between the prices will tighten as more people take advantage of it. And so the, the unintended effect, or really the, the added benefit, is that um, these people will end up bringing the prices of Excel across the different chains closer to uh, the same value. And so having Excel at the same value you know, for me as an individual holder, now that's an advantage that I can, you know, use because now I can swap maybe from one chain to another and the prices are going to be very close, right? Um, they may not be exactly identical, but that spread might get tightened through arbitrage trading. Okay, that all makes good sense, Chris. So I guess a follow-up question to that, and you know, something that you kind of see a lot with some new investors is they get a little scared by this idea of arbitrage trading. You know, they don't really understand that the price is going to move up and down like you were saying, and that people are going to have the opportunity to make some money on it. They look at it as a negative, and there might not be a ton of balance. I know we touched on them a little bit in our last time we had you on. Could you kind of just give us a brief overview again of what these different market making services are and how they work? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, the, the idea here is that these different services exist purely to make the experience for the individual holder a little easier, right? 
And so one of the things that we, you know, touched upon previously was how when there's a price discrepancy between maybe a central exchange liquidity pool for Excel and then the decentralized exchange, um, these market makers can come in and in the same manner as which I just described, be able to tighten the price spread for us, be able to try to bring those prices closer together. And, and generally speaking, that's that's just going to create overall an easier experience for any holder in Excel, right? So these uh, market makers will come in and they'll be able to utilize transactions to drive the price a little higher or a little lower um, to try and match the other prices of Excel, right? And when those prices get closer and closer together, obviously our stability increases. Obviously the ease of doing transactions across different exchanges uh, increases as well. So really, you know, having that functionality um, is just a, is just another benefit to Excel holders. And whether it comes directly from the exchange itself through the use of market making or whether it comes from individual bots that are taking advantage of arbitrage trading, either way, you know, neither of those functions or neither of those, uh, you know, trading systems are going to be disadvantageous to Excel holders, right? We, we still get benefits from that experience. Thank you so much for breaking that down for us. Why would it be important for Excel to have its own bridge? Uh, yeah, so Excel is building its own in-house bridge, right? The Excel bridge. And essentially what that's going to do is it's going to, again, make the ability to, you know, navigate this multi-chain project more, uh, you know, accessible. If I have Excel on the ETH side and I want to swap it over to the BNB side, because, uh, you know, that's my personal decision or preference, um, being able to do it in-house, being able to have an in-house cross-chain protocol is going to make that transaction so much more easy. And in doing so, uh, again, we, we start to kind of give our holders the tools needed to, you know, navigate um, all of this without having to worry about, you know, oh, do I need to use an external bridge? Oh, how do I get uh, my Excel ETH over to BNB? How do I make these swaps? How do I stake in the different uh, pools? All of that stuff kind of goes away, all of those questions or concerns when we have an in-house bridge that we can kind of fall back on and rely on. And so essentially that bridge is what's allowing Excel to communicate across these uh, chains that it's listed on. And so I can go into the D app or, you know, however the bridge is actually implemented once it is finally released to the public and, you know, make that transition, make that swap in, in the app. And it'll be, you know, just the touch of a couple buttons. And I don't have to worry about really anything else. It'll all be 100% automated because again, that's going to be built in-house to communicate directly with Excel and communicate across its multiple chains. Speaking of it being built in-house, is there anything that you can give us without going into too much detail that's going to separate Excel's bridge from the pack? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, the idea here is ease of transaction, right? Uh, you know, making the 
experience for every Excel holder as seamless as possible. And so when you kind of look at the bigger picture for all of Excel's products and sources of utility, right? When we look at Excel's launch pad for coin building and things like that, and you realize that there's a bridge built into our platform that allows us to navigate multiple chains in-house, then you can kind of start to see that bigger picture, start to see how having that own bridge, and especially a bridge that works so well um, across these chains, becomes an additional resource to the holders, becomes an additional resource that we can take advantage of and provide not only to the holders, but to, you know, people that we might partner with, provide to maybe projects that Excel uh, takes on, or, you know, when we have mergers and acquisitions in the future, um, being able to use that bridge to our advantage, uh, however we need, is going to be a huge leg up on the competition because it's built in house, because we have our own protocol, because it's cross chain, because it integrates into Excel's platform. Um, you know, you kind of piece that all together and you're like, wow, this is really convenient. And it's also uh, really valuable as well, right? So we, we don't have to do any of that externally. It's all in house and it's all. Uh, also available to Excel's holders too. Chris, all great information and with such clarity that really brings it home to our listeners. And just so our listeners all know, you can get all this information at Excel University and also at our YouTube channel and all of our socials. Thanks again for stopping by, Chris. We really appreciate you breaking down everything for us about arbitrage trading. It was very informative. Again, everyone, please check our show notes for our link tree. Please give us a like, please give us a follow, subscribe if you'd like. As always, sit back and excel.